Blog Talk Radio. Yo.
she kind of noticed something at a very young age. She knew when I got older, it would definitely develop, and she she saw it in me, so she invested, and we did everything, like touring shows and doing songs and traveling all over the country. Um, but I want to say, yeah, I started like around four, and which is a really good age for me growing up listening to Tupac was, you know, kind of ridiculous, but that's that's when I started. It was around like three or four. Wow, that's pretty young. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so you know, you got involved like that. So now, when did it take off that you were starting to get listened to and and noticed by you know big people in the business? You know, when they they thought that you had that much talent that they could really represent you. Um, I think when I when I knew that I had something um, after I did anything, which is um, my number one single, um, this couple out of New Jersey uh, touched bases with me in my camp and was like, hey, man, we love the song. We need to shoot a video for it. So we were like, oh, wow, you know, it's getting it's getting that good of uh, comments on it. So I guess we need to, you know, keep going. And after we did the video, we put it out on YouTube, and it blew up. I mean, it reached to any and everybody that you could possibly think of. I got views from different record labels, and it it really it really pushed me out there to a point where I didn't think I was gonna get that quick, but I definitely got there within a matter of I would want to say maybe two months. So wow. it's pretty big. Wow, that was pretty quick. So it had to be like the most exciting experience for you to be working with Tupac. Can you tell us how that was? Oh, man, it was crazy. Just just the fact of, you know, listening to some of his work and, you know what I'm saying, just having the, the honor to, to throw my verse on the same song with him was, uh, was a gift. <laughs> it, was a, it was a real big gift. So for me to you know, to go back there and lay down my creative side right next to Tupac was it was a blessing, I can definitely say. Wow, that's amazing. And I've always liked Tupac, so, um, you know, I, I I love to speak to people who have actually been able to work with him, you know, just kind of share that experience with us. So now, after Tupac, you start going to bigger and more places, and, like, now you're, like, all over. You're doing all kind of entertainment. So how is that working for you? Oh, man, it's like, it's slowly but surely. I can definitely say that. It, it comes slowly, but when it does, it's always big. I can I can definitely say that. It's always, it's always huge when it does come. When I think that I can't, like, I'm stuck and I can't do anything else, like I'm just sitting here and I'm waiting to record or I'm waiting to go to the studio, something else always happens. Like something else comes up, I always have a show to do. I'm always busy doing something. Like now I'm doing um, I'm doing my self-produced, self-written mixtape by myself. Everything is by myself. So it's, it's definitely a blessing. I'm always doing something because when I stand still, it feels like I'm making no progress at all. So towards, like, people, and I can, I can tell that it pays off in my music. Like once, I, once people listen and once people get, get what I'm saying, they can see how hungry I am and how much I struggle towards this thing, and they support. They jump on the bandwagon, and that's exactly what I want. So it's it's, it's definitely a blessing, definitely. So tell me, what would you say was the most challenging part of this journey of yours? Oh man, I want to say when I went on um, 
when I the first time I went on one six in Park, um, I had unheard of a lot of you. I I've done shows like crazy, constant shows like crazy, and I never got nervous in any of them. And for me to do 106 in Park, I guess it was the fact that everybody around the country, or better yet, the world, was going to see me get up here and showcase my talent. And I went up there and I had butterflies. I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to stop patient. I just need to sit down somewhere and just play real quick. Okay, I'm good. All right. Then I think I'll be good. And then the butterflies are coming right back. It was just, I say that was the most challenging one, but I think that's the one where I stepped up to the plate the most. And I showcased it at the best of my ability, and I think it made it that much better. Wow. And you've also been on MTV as well? Yeah, I've been, I, I lost count on this stuff I've been in. No, no cockiness, <laughs> just confidence. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot of stuff that I've been in. I've been on, um, I've been on MTV. Um, there's this little showcase I did, and it, it, it was, I think it was 2009 Rock Your Fashion. And I won it, which is a pretty big deal for MTV, you know what I'm saying, since it is music television. Um, I won the whole thing. And they showed it on MTV. It was pretty big. And then right after that, I want to say almost three to four months later, I'm on BET. And then really, I think my main focus out of all of that was just to be known by, not even by record companies, not even by um, A&Rs, not even by executives but by the people, like, you know what I'm saying, by, by the fans. Because once you get them behind you and they're, and they're with you 100%, everything else is like a walk in the park. It, it's, you know what I'm saying, it's a piece of cake. It's, it's all good. Wow. So now um, I hear that you're, you're going to be in an, a reality show. That's the, that's the one through BET? Oh, wait, the one through BET. The reality show to BET, reality show to BET, reality show. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, it's a reality show that they're doing now. It's um, based on artists that live in this one house, and they um, they all basically they're showcasing their talent, and at the end of it, you should see who wins. But um, mm-hmm. that's that's for y'all to look out for. I can't I can't be giving out goodies. You got to be giving out goodies on your show. You 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 good. I gotta give you a talk. You're good because I, I don't do this for everybody. <laughs> well, you know what? This weekend I'm going to be in LA and um, uh, attending an event, but I'm also meeting over some people with BET. So, uh, it's, your secret is safe with me. Oh, okay. I, have cool. some, I might have something of my own coming up. <laughs> oh, that's what I like to hear. So I'll let you know about that when you tell me your secret. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what I like to do right now is just play one of your songs so the audience can listen to the fantastic Troy Man. And um, this is one of them. I've been actually playing your music for like about two or three weeks now, okay. waiting for you to to bless my, my show. So um, <laughs> everybody seems to like it. And I'm actually, I just opened up my Shoutcast radio station um, uh, it's MZN Indie Radio, and I added you to the playlist. So I have a global audience, uh, cool. which is, like, everywhere, like Asia, India, uh, Europe, the U.K., um, wow. Mediterranean, everything. I have fans everywhere. So when I do a show like this, 
I upload it onto the host that lets them listen to it. So they'll be hearing you, but they can also log into the, the radio station on Shoutcast that plays the music in rotation. So And it's 24-7, so you got 24-7 rotation for, from me. Oh, wow. Thank you. I appreciate it. I got a big old <laughs> no smile on my face right now. It's from ear to ear. Just keep. Well, let me let me just make your smile go all the way around your whole head. Okay. <laughs> Starting on March the 16th, since I've done such a great job on Blog Talk, I've been invited by a, a local radio station in Philadelphia. It has a huge market of over 3 million listeners. And it's an AM station, but it has a FM station um, frequency. And I start on March the 16th. My show is directly dedicated to independent artists. And it's going to be featuring people like yourself. We'll, you know, we'll just tell you in your music. Might have you come over and do an interview. Um, you know, we'll do like contests for you um, to build up your fan base over here in the Philadelphia, Delaware, and New Jersey area. Whatever we can do to help promote you will be available for you. So that starts on March 16th. Of course, you're in the beginning lineup of the music. Oh and wow! Playing. So and this stream online too. So like you're going to be just everybody's going to hear you. <laughs> Wow. I think I got, oh, my God, they're my number one supporter. <laughs> so oh, you thank you, baby. I feel, I feel so warm this time. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, because I think that independent artists should be given an equal time on the radio as all those other people that play their songs like every 10 minutes. It's the same song over and over and over as if they didn't have anybody else to play. And then they have, you know, this this whole payola thing going on where it's supposed to be undercover now because they keep saying they're not doing it, but they are. And, like, those folks will pay to get their music circulated a lot more than anybody else. So it kicks you guys right out of the the ballpark. So my goal was to um, go in creating uh, a station or actually a show, part of the station, because the station actually creates um, shows for a diverse community because it started off, um, you know, with uh, immigrants listening and, and minorities. Now it's, uh, I would have to say it's like 75% African-American um, oh, listening wow. to the station. So they do a whole lot of programming for that, and they even have some people from Haiti doing programs on there. So, and, you know, my, my, my show plays everybody's music, you know, rock, jazz, gospel, R&B, hip-hop, whatever. So, you know, I'm going to have it circulated everywhere. And so folks like yourself will get a chance to have your names and, and your music on the tips of people's lips and ears so that you can get the same recognition as those other folks. Plus, we'll be doing heavy promotion on the website because I'm going to need you to go on the website if you haven't already to put your profile on there. My listeners will be able to go to your profile and, and check you out and do polls on your music to see which song they like the best. I'll be putting some contests on the site. So you want to just kind of keep track of it from time to time. I know you're busy, but, you know, you can get somebody to look at it for you. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not too busy for that. That's big. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then if you get, like, a, a comment or something from a fan, you know, you want to just respond. Because my, my thing is if you can build the greatest fan base and you can use mostly the Internet channels and things like that, then, mm-hmm. you know, whenever record labels come to you, you'll have bargaining power so that you can tell them what you want, and they won't be trying to, you know, get you down to the lowest level so they can have all the power. You'll already have that power. You may not even need them. You'll be able to do it on your own. But what really counts is to have that fan base. 
and to right. be able to get promoted. So, because those are the people that are buying your music, and you know, all that goes to your pocket. So that was the goal in setting up this a show just for indie artists, because they have little things uh, for colleges, but only the college people listen to it. So this right. is like everybody. So I'm just happy to know that I'm going to put you in that that rotation, and then you'll be getting your little props as well. I'm grateful that you put me in. I feel all good. <laughs> oh man! Let me throw down my favorite song, Seven Eleven, because I I had to look back at my bio uh, page on you and said, "What Seventeen? To be singing those songs like that." <laughs> but then I'll think about Bow Wow because I just <laughs> had a little Mama crush on Bow Wow back in the day. So oh, <laughs> uh, that's so sweet. Yeah, and so I'm going to have to hit that, and then we'll be right back and talk some more about some other projects here. Yeah, all right. Sun up to sundown on Monday to Sunday, the paper's calling, calling. Sun up to sundown on Monday to Sunday, I'm going to stay bowling, bowling. Hey. Weekend comes around, you know, Friday is when I hit the mountain. Make it rain, because my pockets stay open like a seven and the paper is so right it comes in by night even when I wake up in the morning I got the number one spot people say I'm so hot that I may be the reason for global warming they say I strike like lightning full of excitement while these other rappers are so boring Cause I do what I does, does it the best Plus I walk around like I got an S on my chest And if you think you clean, I'm fresh to death Tell these other rappers to give it a rest Sun up to sundown and Monday to tell that I'm official what up when black or white or blue in the whistle pockets stay open and if it's ever an issue the money skyrocket like a missile cause I'm the kid everyone's talking about coming from the west coast move down to the south every single bank I hit I close the mouth how did I get here word of mouth I'm a hip maker, complete earth shaker, full grown heterosexual money maker. If time is money, I got millenniums behind me. Tony Hawk rapper, for this cake, I'm grinding. Sun up to sundown, and Monday to Sunday, the paper's calling, calling. Sun up to sundown, and Monday to Sunday, I'ma stay balling, balling. Weekend comes around, and no Friday is when I hit the mountain. Make it rain, cause my pocket. Now it's time to play, follow the lead dirt. Every track I do, I'm blowing out speakers. Even at your high school, I'm filling up bleachers and all the takers. Amen, like a preacher. Hello, hater, nice to meet you. My rhymes warm you up, you can call me a heater. Lane time's expired, look at the parking meter. Money out of the park, call me Derek Cheetah. Sun up to sundown, and Monday to Sunday, the paper's calling, calling. Sun up to sundown. 
open. You see the neon sign 24-7. Never closes, right? All right, but I'm about to hit up uh, Linux real quick and make it rain. So, yeah. It's like that. Head rock. I see you, bro. And we out. Oh, yeah, that was hot. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, I might use that one in my on my theme song. <laughs> yep. I try. Uh, <laughs> so now, when when you were a little boy, and before music actually came to you, like, did you have any aspirations to do anything else with your future? Did you? I mean, outside of music, was there something else you wanted to do? Um, really, with me, I would want to say like when I was younger, I found an interest in basketball. You know, it was a really cool hobby, but I knew it wasn't something that I wanted to continue on doing as a career. Um, I was really into computers at a young age. Like, I always loved doing stuff with electronics, the little electronics that they did have in the early 90s. Um, you know, I was I was always into stuff like that. And then once I grew older, uh, my father, he was always into, like, in the video games. And I always wondered, like, how could you make them on your own, you know? How can, how can you do – how can you create something – by yourself and do that and basically share it with the world through video games. And um, I looked into video game programming and you can kind of say as soon as I came in, audio production and music just kind of took over. And um, it was it was a good transition for me. All right. You know, I know a lot of kids that are interested in that video game thing. And I actually have a relative who was actually – um, noticed by some Japanese designers who wanted to bring him to Japan to, um, I think it was Sega. I'm not sure oh, wow. They wanted to, um, to bring him to Japan to go to school there in a special course or something for designing games. You know, he would live there. But, of course, he got scared and his mama got scared. Nobody knew Japanese and they changed their mind. So, you know. <laughs> He regrets it because he's six foot eight and he can't play a lick of basketball. So he couldn't have been doing that, you know. <laughs> I, hear you, I, hear you. I don't know. I mean, sometimes when you get these opportunities, you got to jump right on it. Right. You know. So, and I'm glad that you jumped right on the ones that came to you because it just seemed to have just skyrocketed your career for you at such a young yeah. age. Now, being the, the age that you are, do you do you have any challenges when it comes to that? Like things that you know are, are prohibited to you because of your age? Does it of does course. it get in the way? Of course. Um, a lot of venues that I needed to to do shows at, you know, um, for me to perform and to do it in front of a in front of a pretty big audience. Some of them have to do with clubs, and me being seventeen, I'm not allowed in these places, so. You know, sometimes we were able to pull a couple strings, but most of the times our the venue had to be the show had to be canceled due to my age. And you know, it's kind of a bummer when you look at it. But you know, I'm not in any rush to grow up. I gotta, you know, do me. So I had to, you know, I had to take it. You know, I can't get in the club, so I I gotta wait what uh, another year until y'all can see me perform, unless I want to come to one of these other venues. So. Aww. <laughs> Well, everything that's worth its, its weight in gold is worth the weight. 
So whatever yep. you have to, you know, wait for, it just means that certain things you have to be at a certain mind frame and a certain level of your life to be able to, to really get the benefit out of it. So if you got to wait a little long for something, that just means it's going to be even better when you get to it. Right. <laughs> so now, um, did you get approached by people to do stuff on TV, you know, like uh, Nickelodeon and, and those type of shows? Did they ever approach you to do anything? Um, there was this, um, this guy, he was, a, um, he was a really, he was a really talented person at what he did. I want to say he was an agent. I don't know for sure. But his name was Jonathan. Um, and he knew everybody. I mean, everybody. If you, if you can think of it, you can think of it. If you can think of any person, he knew him, I'm pretty sure. And he always talked about, like, after every time I would perform and, you know, he was like, oh, my gosh, man, I, when, I, when I look at you perform, I just see Disney all the time. That's what I see. I see Disney. I see Nickelodeon. And before, you know what I'm saying, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, Disney, Nickelodeon, okay. But as I really looked at it, it's basically Disney Channel and Nickelodeon is basically just a spot for not even just little kids. Like when you usually look at Nickelodeon, all you see is SpongeBob. It's built for everybody. So, and plus, their, their fan base is ridiculous. Like, if you look at Hannah Montana, she has fans everywhere. You can ask anybody about Hannah Montana, and I'm pretty sure, I want to say one out of 150,000 people may not know her. And that's very, that's very, very slim. So, he said, like, yeah, I know people in Disney and stuff like that. So, I was like, oh, okay. But I wanted to go, I wanted to go my own way for some reason. I just wanted to do, I wanted to, to make my own route. Most people, you know what I'm saying, when they look at a 17-year-old or younger kid that has talent, that's automatically what they need to push them to. I want to go the different way. I want to, I want to go, you can kind of say the way the Bow Wow went, but, you know, of course, after that, I want to steer off in my own direction. Okay. Well, that's smart. You know, some people take that, that easy way, and if you, you know, you have certain goals in mind and you want to not be stuck or pigeonholed into one thing, you know, because right. they'll have you doing stuff like little JJ, you know, <laughs> <laughs> around trying to pinch Queen Latifah's butt. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can be a goofball at times, too. You know, I've been doing acting just as long as I've been doing music. So, you know, stuff like that is hand-in-hand hand with me. <laughs> so now, um, what is, what is the um, the plan for you now? Like, what is it that you, you, you want to do, like, right now that's going to be something that carries you over to, like, say, the adult group? Because once you pass 21, the whole different, you know, group of people are going to be looking at you. Do you have plans, right. or, you know, like music set up for, like, we would call it grown folks music. Do you have all that set up in your mind of what you want to do? Well, well, really, um, uh, I, I see what you're saying. That's an excellent question. Um, towards towards transitioning between the lovely teenager that I am now and um, into adulthood, of course, certain things would have to transition with me. Like, you know, you know, adults have their songs that they like to listen to. Of course, stuff like that. Me, I think that like throughout my whole aspect of my music, I think no matter how old you get you got to understand there are still going to be kids listening. So, and i got to understand where I came from first. Like, right now my fan base is nothing but 16, 15-year-old little girls. 
And, of course, you know what I'm saying, their mom right now may think I'm the most available kid ever, but then I don't want to hit 18, 19, 20 and be talking about the most graphic stuff on the planet and, you know, just basically transitioning to this person that I'm not. So, of course, you know what I'm saying, there may be topics on that, but me, I always think about my my fan base as a whole. It's not just going to be adults. It's going to be adults, teenagers, even children that are mocking myself. Like nowadays, these artists, they think they can just put out whatever they want. Like everything such as, you know what I'm saying, they can have a song out on the radio and if there would be no word. You can hear nothing. It's all bleeped out, whether it's on drugs or sex. And you got to understand that these kids, they listen to the, the radio and then they go out. Since you have millions of dollars and you have hundreds and thousands of dollars, they think that it's cool, whatever that you're talking about. So, of course, they're going to go out in the streets and they're going to mimic it. Mm-hmm. So I just think about setting an example. That's, that's exactly what I think about when I, when, I play in the car, when I play in the crossover, as we say. Um, that's what I think about. I don't want the kids, the kids that look up to me to be talking about, yeah, um, I sell drugs, I do dope, da-da-da-da-da. Um, I had sex with her, you know, it's 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 not even necessary. I'm going to still be me, which is clean, of course. So that's what I plan to do. Well, I would appreciate that. You know, I, I, if you are, you know, you're raised and you grow up with good morals and it should be a part of everything that you do. And that's where you get your, your respect from your audience because they see that you're not following with, you know, the, the norm of, of the other people that have, just made it look like it's supposed to be like this and like that, you know. Um, I I like to see more material come out in a more positive way because of the fact that, you know, people are uh, kind of like sensitive to the activities that are, are sung about in songs. And, you know, either they're going to try to do whatever they hear about or right. they're going to be offended by it, you know. So we want to keep it where people will really enjoy and they won't take – each and every little word too serious that they want to make that a part of their life. Because, you know, you've seen people in the past use certain violence in their songs, and then it makes other people kind of snap and they want to just use the violence. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Right. You know? So it right. is good to have quality music and have a good quality message that you're sending out, even if you have to use it in the language of the youth or the audience that is, um, you know, listening to your music. So that is a good thing to do. Yeah. And Let's, let's talk about when your CD is coming out. Oh, man. Um, right now I am in the process of doing my, you know, my self-produced, self-written, self-engineered kind of a little bit um, 50-50, but I'm, I'm doing it like if everything is on my own. You really see my creative side, and it should be coming out. I want to say um, late March or the beginning of April. I'm thinking about dropping it on my birthday, which is not a bad idea, which is April no, 17th. <laughs> so um, I might drop it on my birthday, which was, which may be the perfect time. Um, every, and it's, it's beautiful the way, that I'm, the way that I'm doing it. Um, it's just my creative juices just flow, and you can see it through this whole thing. Um, and, yeah, that's – I, I want to say April. Yeah, I want to say April. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everything will be ready right. by April. All right, my little Aries brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fellow Aries. I'm just missing. Okay, Aries, woo-woo. Yeah, we know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> we know how to multitask. <laughs> yes, we do. 
Oh, yeah. Most of my best friends are Aries, too, because we all understand each other. See, you and I right. will work together real well. <laughs> of course. I, I got you on speed now. I got you. I got you. <laughs> That's good, because um, when your CD comes out, I want to give you your your first Philadelphia CD release party on the air, and we're going to just play it, and we're going to get them Philly fans, because I know when they see that little cute picture, this little girl's going to be just knocking on my door thinking you're sitting right there. And oh, if we man. can do that, that'd be great, because we could work on putting something together to bring you out, too, because uh, I think you really, really attract a lot of um, Philadelphia uh, music lovers out there, especially them little young girls, because they love themselves some good music, and believe me, <laughs> you know, they don't have Bow Wow anymore. They got Soldier Boy, and nobody really like him that much, so. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that. No, nah, we don't like him that much. He's too smart. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so we're going to bring you back out. But uh, I'm going to um, put another one of these songs, and then we're going to um, bring out another artist who is visiting us today, ladies and gentlemen, Lack of Flaws. And we want to thank uh, Troy Mann for coming on the show and giving us some um, good knowledge on, on such a, a worldly young man at <laughs> such a young age. Got his head together. More young men should be like that. So I hope he makes this impression on a whole lot of people listening to the show. And keep in mind, folks, you know, you can also record this show to your iTunes and put it in your iPod and carry it around with you so you have some of his music. And you also want to visit his website. You want to shout out your website for us, Troy Man? My website is www.troymanonline.com. That is T-R-O-Y-M-A-N-Online.com. All right. And everybody, you just check that out and go pick up the new CD when it comes out and go listen to his mixtape, and then we'll all be happy. Cause, and then you can always come and catch my rotation here at MZN Promotions as well as our MZN Indie Radio on Shoutcast. Just go to your Shoutcast directory and put in MZN Indie Radio 24-7 music. So we're going to go ahead and put on another song of Troy Man's, and then we'll be back with Lack of Flaws. Make hits so we get money.
not worth my time. And when I rap, call me Tupac in his prime. Those things I produce that my raps ain't eating. I got rhymes that'll make your heart stop beating. When I'm speaking, it's the reason they call me best. I was born on top, I shall take no less. The rap game is a drug, I'm addicted to it. I'm spreading it like HIV, you listen to it. I'm not stopping, dog, I'm hitting rampage. And if you boys are sick, I'm full-blown AIDS. Just give me your mic, I'm an animal with this cage. Like Bobby Valentino, you better turn the page. You know? If I was them, I wouldn't like myself. But if I was them, take a look, I would need help. So if you feel the need to get beat like a drum, think twice, love your life for real. But all in all, all the hate on the side, we don't need that. Ladies and gentlemen, for coming in and joining us for another great show. Uh, that was Troy Man. We want to say thank you so much, Troy Man, for being a part of the show. And definitely we'll be putting you in rotation and enjoying your uh, attendance here and your great responses. I mean, you are a terrific young man, great role model, and we look forward to hearing and seeing more of you. So we also have another guest coming into the show, uh, Lack of Flaws, and we're going to uh, really kick it off now because he is uh, also one of the great independent artists that we've been uh, playing on our on our show for a couple of weeks now while we wait for him to grace our show. So before we oh, I'm bring here. him on. I'm here. Oh, there you go. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I was just, you know, <laughs> sitting here waiting on you. I'm here. Chilling. <laughs> well, how are you doing tonight? I'm fine. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm just happy to have you in tonight. So oh, um, play with me. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm in the flirtatious mood, so y'all got some nice music, and y'all just got me feeling it. So <laughs> I I appreciate it. So tell us about you, and how did you come up with the um, the stage name, Lack of Flaws? Uh, Lack of Flaws was created. Honestly, I used to go by Flawless. Um, I got the nickname when I was uh, young. And, you know, when it came time to start putting out records and you start doing your research on, you know, people have, you know, that name as far as the trademark and stuff like that, uh, I came across thousands of lack, I mean, thousands of flawlesses. So I kind of, you know, sat and, you know, was creative for a second and said, how about we just flip it and, you know, what is flawless? It's a lack of flaws. So, I mean, it, it was catchy and it, it stuck. All right. So that means there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. <laughs> Honestly, that's not even what it means, truth be told. Because I, I would like I, to feel that way. <laughs> no, it, it, really, it really means um, every flaw that God gave me makes me flawless. Because everybody, you know, you know I'm, a, I'm a God-fearing man. I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, uh, he made us in, you know, in his image, and we're all squared away. He made us how we are. And so everything that somebody else may think is wrong with me or wrong with you, you know, we we perfect. We perfect in our own way. So that's kind of where it came from. It, it was an interesting, you know, type of 
you know, the way it came about. Okay. So what was it that inspired you to get involved in the music industry? Uh, I actually started off in the music industry because my cousin, um, my older cousin, um, he he used to produce and he used to rap, and you know I kind of just wanted to do whatever he did to be honest. And you know once I started, um, you know falling in love with music, I was always in a musical household. So when I was able to actually start dibbling and dabbling on my own, you know it kind of clicked. And, you know, I just put in a lot of hard work, you know, to get where I am now. Um, and, you know, it kind of, it was, it was like one of those things that once you're introduced to it, it kind of carries itself. Downhill battle. Okay. Well, I mean, that's true. I mean, I guess you probably experienced a lot of things and, and barriers in your path, too, when you're trying to, you know, get your name out there. Can you share some of the most challenging things that you had to experience? Um, As far as getting my name out there, I'm still getting my name out there, you know, currently. So that's never a uh, – it's always some battle. I mean, just like, honestly, the name of my album is Searching for Peace in War Times. And the reason that I went with that title was because a lot of people think that once you obtain – a certain level of success that, you know, problems go away. You know, Biggie said it best, more money, more problems. It's just that your problems change. And you're always fighting some type of battle. You know, at one point it was my neighborhood. At another point it was, you know, breaking into the industry on an executive side. Then it was, you know, um, trying to find the good records to get on and not having, you know, necessarily all of the, the means and resources to pull it off. You know, there's always something, some type of war zone that I'm in, and I'm always looking for peace within it. So that was kind of the concept for the album, and it allowed me to show um, all the different phases of myself. Well, I understand that because it, it is it is really seriously a challenge for a lot of people, and uh, you know, I'm glad that you know people like yourself keep it together. And understand that, and you know, you got your eyes wide open for everything that's coming at you. Because if you just went into it like some type of fantasy thing, that's just not going to work. You know, you, you're just going to find yourself having a lot of issues. So I'm glad you you got started in the right direction. I didn't now, though. I mean, I didn't I didn't necessarily get started in the right on the in the right direction. And I just want to say this for any other independent artists that are listening. I'm sorry for cutting you off. I really didn't mean to. Uh, no, nah, it's kind of like when you speak on, you know, a bad start, it's kind of like it always starts off as a fantasy. I mean, I don't know anybody who's ever just picked up a pen like, you know, I'm just going to rap just because. You know, the, the dream happens first typically for a lot of people. And, you know, I'm the first person in the world. I never tell anybody not to dream. But you can't tell me that you want to do something and not put forth the effort and the the work and have the work ethic necessary to obtain those goals. So for me, it's kind of like I had the dreams, I had the fantasies, but one day I looked up and it was like, yo, you dreaming, but is it that you dreaming and it can't be done or are you dreaming and not doing what it takes to be done? So that's kind of, it's a real thin line between, you know, people being like, oh, you know, you'll never make it. And, you giving it your all, truthfully, financially or, you know, your time or whatever it is that you have to give. And some people aren't willing to pay the price for the type of success that they say they want. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's well, really not. where – yeah, go ahead. go ahead. 
I understand a lot of people don't. Some people want everything instantly, and, and they just don't know what's ahead of them, that they have to expect, a, you know, a little bit of setback here and there because of the way the industry is. It's not for everybody, and, you know, only a select few would get through. And, and it's like the NBA. other alternatives. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just like, like the NBA, the NFL. Exactly. It's like entertainment altogether. Anything that draws a crowd is going to be like that. If I don't care if you go all the way down to, like, wrestling. You know, all those wrestlers, they only have maybe a dozen top wrestlers, but think of all the hundreds of guys that are, like, trying trying to get in it and, and didn't make it or they're doing, like, the smaller shows or things like that. I mean, it's, it's, it's entertainment, anything drawing a crowd. It's just sometimes hard to bring a lot of people to, and keep those people's interest. So you got to be true. real good. you got to be really good to do that. And that's why I say only a select few is going to make it. Yeah, I mean, and it's, I, I'm not gonna, you know, um, lie and say that it's always about talent because a lot. I'm not, you know, it's a lot of people that are stars that, you know, honestly, I may not personally like their music, or I may think they have the personality of a wall. But nonetheless, it's you know, part of it is having the music. The other part of it is having, you know, that it factor. And then there's a factor that a lot of people overlook, which is you got to have a great team behind you. If you have a great team in place, your team can kind of carry a lot of the weight for you. And, like, a lot of the heavy lifting, which is really the beginning of a lot of artists' careers, you know, um, the beginning of your career when you're getting yourself together, that's when you really want to, you know, fine-tune your skills as an independent artist. After that point, you want to begin, you know, after that point, when you have yourself together, then you want to, you know, try to start assembling pieces like a manager or, you know, an A&R rep to help you find music or a promotions man and a marketing person and, a, you know, a viral marketing, you know, person and start putting together these pieces to this puzzle that's going to make up you as an artist. Because behind every great artist, there was a great team who, you know, pulled that off. It wasn't just the artist going in the studio. Somebody had to set up that session. Somebody had to find that beat. Like, there's a lot that goes into a hit record that a lot of artists don't understand. Right. Right. And and I know that the people who, you know, the VIPs themselves have their own little uh, strategy and calculation of what they think is going to be a hit. And a lot of times they just try to play it safe and just kind of repeat something from the last season. Um, but we are getting so many more talented people out here now. And now that we have the Internet giving people opportunities to market themselves, it kind of you know, gives the, the label people a little bit of competition with the artists themselves because now the artist doesn't necessarily need them if they know exactly what they need to do. And even if you have a small budget, you can still work your way around to building up, you know, your fan base. It just may take you a little longer, but you really yeah. need to know how to network too. Exactly. So it's not just about performing. You actually have to interact with a lot of people and a lot of different places, and you might have to get some doors slammed in your face or some hang-ups or something, but you can't stop. You have to just get it out there, you know. Well, now, you I have actually want to – I want to – right? you said what happened? You have a big team, right? Yeah, I, I have a uh, – it's not really a big team. I have a um, I have a nice size team. I have a efficient team. It's not about numbers, and the reason that's why I don't want to use the word big because a lot of people think that if you have a big team, that automatically 
you know, entitles you to success. I have an effective team. Right. You know what I'm saying? Everybody in my team has a role. Everybody in my team executes their role. And if you don't execute your role, at some point, lack of flaws is a business. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's, what, that's where a lot of people, like their friends and stuff, you know, interfere with that. And they think, yo, we homies, and, you know, I know you from the block and all of that stuff. That stuff is true. I mean, I have a lot of friends who I've honestly tried to drag. You know, I've had friends that I, I did a lot of, you know, questionable things with who um, I'm now trying to put in a space to share my successes. Mm-hmm. And the problem is if, they're not, if their mindset isn't in place, then it's almost like you're carrying dead weight. Because, like I said, you want your team to be effective. Yeah, I mean, it's the, it's the tug of war. I mean, when you, when you got somebody who you know is in it for you, you know, when you got somebody that you've known since you was, you know, seven, eight years old, and, you know, you got money now or whatever, you know, you don't want to go hire some dude you don't know who just turned in a resume. Mm-hmm. You know, if you got the money to put somebody on, anybody who's come from, anybody who has a sense of loyalty, rather, is going to try to put their people on in a space of, you know, a come up, for lack of better terms. Right. Um, so and and so that's where it's uh, why don't you tell us exactly what key um, parts of a team you have and that everybody should have within their their um, their goal and their business organization for this type of of, um, of achievement? I mean, you gotta just just tell us the the, now, the now, okay. that that person has and what it means to you. Look at it; she got me trying to give away my trade secrets. All right. No, you don't have to tell me a secret. Tell me why you got this person working for you. Well, 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 I'm saying that's part of the the secret. Sometimes it's not about, you know, it's kind of like if your mama gave you a recipe, right, for like macaroni and cheese, and you forget to put one thing in there, how it could come out totally different. Mm -hmm. It's the same type of thing. Like If you don't know that that's something that you need, because sometimes it's not a piece that's essential. Like um, we'll use Troy as an example, Troy Man. Um, Trey Man has two managers. He has a publicist. Trey Man has, you know, a lot going on. So Trey Man needs different people to handle different things. Whereas me currently, I'm in the process of putting out a record nationally, you know, a national promotion campaign. So I have a national director of street team promotions who's going to coordinate across the country with each street team in every city to make sure that every local barbershop, every boys and girls club knows Lack of Flaw's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have um, a business manager who helps me make sure that the moves I make with the money that I have is properly invested to ensure that, you know, I'm not – um, one, living outside of my means right. or make sure that, you know, okay, Flaw, you're not going to be able to be a rapper forever. Put something up. And you start right. talking about strategic ways to invest your money to make sure that, you know, after you're not selling records, you still are okay. Because there's a lot of artists out there who sold millions upon millions of records and either be it because of their contracts or they just mismanaged their money, they're broke. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, for that, I have my, my 
Yeah, my business manager, who actually, you know, he and I have started a company called CVI Wealth and Asset Management Group. And basically what that company does is it helps independent artists begin to structure their companies properly. Because there's a lot of money out there for companies, but a lot of people think that, oh, my personal credit is bad. (laughs) You know, my personal credit is shot, so... I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to be able to get a loan. But we can teach you how to structure your company and set it up for you so that your company has credit Uh and that your company can go get credit. Exactly. So, you know, I would tell people to, and I'll just give his email. Um, You want to send it to um, admin, A-D-M-I-N, at the CVI group, ltd.com. So, yeah, like, just shoot him an email and uh, tell him that, you know, you're interested in, um, you know, setting up a company or learning more about how to, you know, prepare yourself financially for your career. And that's producers, songwriters, you know, anybody. Okay, well, I'll, I'll be one of the customers. <laughs> come on. Because I have some I mean, like, Come on. So I, I need to get some help. And, and I'm glad that you mentioned that right before I was about to incorporate my company. So now I'm just waiting really? for somebody. Give me some more advice on that. So, well, this, I mean, like we, like when I tell you we structure companies, like everybody thinks that it has to go from zero to a hundred. You know, like we can do, uh, you know, he can put together a plan of action, or one of the representatives for him can put together a plan of action to make it so that okay, this month you can only do A, B, and C, but it's all moving toward a goal. Like you said, a lot of artists are impatient, and it's like when you work a record. You, oh, I'm going to share this with you. My number one pet peeve with independent artists, and I was almost guilty of it myself, you don't give your singles enough time to catch momentum. Right. You know, you want to put out a different song every three weeks. There's no way for you to become synonymous with the record. You know, there are major artists who it takes months to break their record. What, and they have major budget. What makes you think you're going to be able to pull it off in three weeks? You have to give your record time to catch. And I say you got to work that record. You can't just put it up on your MySpace page and say, okay, this is my single and hope for the best. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being well, honest. Like, I think a lot of people I, I, do that. Go ahead. I think a lot Hello? of people just oh, think okay. that all they have to do is, you know, put it on MySpace. I mean, that's not realistic. Like, I mean, a lot of people are secretly hoping that a major label swoops in and picks them up. That's really what it is. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of people say, I'm an independent artist, I'm going to go indie. But they're only doing that because they hope that one day a major label will see them and sign them. But to really go independent and really be willing to go independent means that you take certain precautions and you say, all right, if nothing else, if I sell... 50,000 units, I'm going to make X amount of dollars. And to be okay with that. There's a lot of artists who you've never heard of who live off their music comfortably. Mm-hmm. But it's the fact that they found a way to, you know, limit their expenses and they sell enough records to generate a profit to live off of. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's just stuff like that. Yeah, right. exactly. It's just stuff like that where it's like, you know, you got to learn how to make it work for you. 
Well, let me hear one of your songs. I'm going to go ahead and play one of your songs so everybody can start, um, you know, checking you out. And, Which one are you going to play? Uh, I'm going to play Amazing, and I want you to tell oh, me. Oh, wow. That's the perfect song to play in this situation. Like, based on we were just talking about financials, that was a great song for you to play. So is um, that what, what geared you to writing that song? Um, Partially. It was kind of like... When I heard the track, you know, I just felt like a lot of people don't know how to, you know, take care of money. Like, I, I didn't always make the best decisions as far as, you know, the right decisions with my time and what I was investing my time into. Mm-hmm. Um, but I learned a lot from that. You know, I learned a lot from, you know, my bad decisions in the streets and whatnot. I learned how to manage money. And the reason that I learned how to manage money from it was because you make a mistake in the corporate world, you might get fired. You make a mistake out there, it's another type of situation. Right. So right. it's another type of severity that you have to learn. And once I did that, I, st- I had a little bit of money. And a lot of my friends, um, you know, they was walking around in, you know, the flyest kicks and all of that stuff. And originally that's why I did it. I wanted, you know, my mom broke her neck. I mean, in her back and every bone in her body <laughs> to make sure that I had a roof and that I had food, but she was she could only stretch so thin. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it was kind of like she could do the necessities, but I had nothing extra. And, you know, and I can honestly say my greed got the best of me. So I started doing other things and, you know, to make money at a, at a young age and, you know, I had a little bit of money, and I couldn't bring the shoes into the house because then my, my mama would be like, well, where'd you get the money for them shoes from? So I was leaving shoes at friends' houses and whatnot, <laughs> you know, <laughs> buying clothes and going to my friend's house to change for school and stuff. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, long after that happened, and I started being like, yo, I'm outgrowing these shoes. I just bought them. <laughs> and I just bought these shoes three months ago. They're, like, brand new. I've only worn them twice, and I can't fit them anymore. So that was when I realized maybe she was on to something when she said, you don't need to spend $200 for a pair of sneakers. That's right. You're still growing. So, you know, what I did was I was still making bad choices, but I was stacking that money. I was putting that money up. While a lot of my friends was, you know, putting their lives on the line. And if something happened, they didn't have money for bail. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's stuff like that where it's like, you know, you got to really look at why you're doing something. Well, you, you know? got to also look ahead of yourself, too. Exactly. You know? Well, I mean, it, it's a lot of that. It's a lot. But, you know, when you're living like that, truth be told, you can't really – you don't do a lot of planning forward, to be honest. That's right. You don't I do a lot of planning forward when you plan live like for everything. I, I think it's important to have a backup plan. Um, for every, especially for every major step that you're taking in life, you need a backup plan because uh, if one thing doesn't work, at least you have something to fall back on to get yourself to where you want to be. Now, if you just go with that one idea and you think that it's going to work and, and it just doesn't work out, and what do you do then? If you well, don't, some people have to go all plan, in. Right, and they go some people, all Some people have to go, but I'm saying some people need that. Like I know one of my biggest closest friends. You know, he has a you know, it's music or nothing mindset. And, you know, through my relationships, I was able to get him a, a, a deal with Atlantic Records. So that kind of worked out for him. But, you know, it was still a point of if I don't have music, I don't have nothing. 
Some people need that all or nothing. Everybody can't even fathom a, a plan B. You know what I mean? Like some people, well, if music don't work, then I'll go do this. But when you really, really, really are passionate about something, you have to, you know, in your mind say, if this doesn't work, this has to work. It isn't a if situation. It's a this is going to work. This is going to happen. And that's kind of where amazing came from. It was a this is what I'm going to do now that I've made it. Well, with that said, we'll go ahead and play amazing. And then, um, you know, everybody else will take that in mind when they're making their life plans. So that maybe you'll get as successful as like a plug or get close to it. More but successful than me. Get more successful than me. I ain't <laughs> made it by no – I mean, I made it to a certain level, but I haven't made it by any stretch. Anyway, you have made it to a certain level where you have an idea of what you want to do and you know you're focused more on what it is you want to do to get to that point. A lot of people don't even have that clue. That's so, true. I mean, you got a lot more going for you than the average person. It's just like, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to do that, and I don't know what happened after that. You know, I know a lot of people that just had it, that dumb way of thinking, like, won't you just be a beach bum somewhere and you should have a wow. lot of land to lay on, you know? <laughs> yeah. So let me go ahead and, and, and lay down amazing. All right, cool. I got upstream amounts spread out between my foreign and domestic accounts. It's a four day, four counts. We HR rockers for the madness out. Even my unborn seeds got CDs and high yield accounts. So their money accrues before they even are conceived. I can see. No more shares for me. And Fortune 500 companies. Get President Obama on the phone. I want shares in this country. They say money don't grow on trees. But our planet, the financial seeds and watered it With investments in money markets with great APs That's annual percentage For those that didn't know or didn't get it The financial plan I made, I won't deviate Yes, the finer things in life I do appreciate But I'll be damned if I invest in faith And it's something that'll depreciate By the day I'm straight Big business is not defined by the business you are in Big business was defined by the price tag on the end. And if you broke that deal, the commission that you get, you see to it that you never have to work again. again. 401ks and IRAs are great starting places if you can put into them now and save. I'm running out of tax breaks. From rapping got me headed toward a new tax bracket 49.3% gone in taxes Yeah, that's about half of it But look on the bright side of it My tax attorney's trying to make me tax exempt Through this new business that I started Using the biggest loophole of all of them By making Uncle Sam a partner Big money partner It's amazing What to do with the money once you've made it So that definitely is targeted to what we were just talking about. And um, I hope everybody got that message. 
comments just in case some people get past. Yeah, just in case some people couldn't make out like some of the lyrics, like you know, it was uh, 401ks and IRAs are great starting places we can put into them now and save. I'm running out of tax breaks. Some more income from rapping got me headed toward a new tax bracket. Losing 49.3% gone in Texas. Yeah, that's about half of it. But look on the bright side of it. My tax attorney is trying to make me tax exempt through this new business that I started. Using the biggest loophole of all of them by making Uncle Sam a partner. Big money's talking. It's amazing what to do with the money once you've made it. It's amazing. Like, yeah, that was the problem. That was was the problem as well. Well, you know what? I mean, I like to hear something educational like that in the song, too, Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to the, the, you know, the stuff that we're getting crammed in our ears. And I think that's important for a lot of people who already got that message to hear stuff like that, you know, and then other folks can be taught to start managing themselves and their money. And especially if you are an artist and you don't know what you're doing, you leave it all in somebody else's hands, you know. I think it's just important that you understand the whole entire part of the business and not just what you do on the stage. So, you know, you got to pay attention to what's going on. A lot of people have suffered through the hands of mismanagement and because they didn't know anything about their own business. So now have you fully educated yourself on all there is to know about your business itself? Me? Yes, you. Yes, I'm I'm fully aware of everything that goes on in my business. <laughs> I'm I'm a hundred percent on top of mine. Um and I'm not saying that in a cocky way, but like for example, um like I, I have a college degree in music business, for example. All right. Yeah, so I, I took what I wanted to do and I went and got the formal training to make sure I was aware. You know, I made, you know, the decision that I wanted to do it and I read a lot of books and talked to a lot of cats in the industry, but just to, you know, validate myself, I went to school and got a music business degree and, you know, that was a great way for me to cement my knowledge to make sure that I wasn't just making assumptions. But I got a piece of paper that says I know what I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm happy about that because it's a very important thing to know. And that's for not just music artists, but actors and athletes and anybody making a lot of money, especially when they're not used to it, and they have other people that have to help them manage it if they're not going to do it themselves. I think it's very important to get educated on that because if you don't, and you look around, the government does not care that you had somebody else handling your business because your name is the business and you will be the one who deals with the consequences. Ask Wesley Snipes, <laughs> if yep. you don't know, and a lot of other people. You leave it up to somebody else and you're the one who takes the fall. So, you know, it's important for people to understand that. So now what kind of projects are you working on right now that we're going to be um, looking forward to seeing? in the near future? Um, the projects that are on my desk at the moment, um, my first single comes out, I'm going to radio the middle to end of March. Um, so that'll be available soon. I'm in the process of uh, putting together a girl group, a female R&B group. Um, I'm, and I, and, oh, I'm sorry, not I, but the company, Chart Vision, um, 
A&R directed the Nappy Roots new album that comes out 4-20-2010 called The Pursuit of Nappiness. One of the producers that we have signed to Chart Vision um, Music Pub, uh, he just got a placement. I'm sorry, they just got a placement on uh, T.I.'s new album. Um, I mean, it's a lot of of stuff in the works, a lot of good stuff musically that's going on. Um, Wow. So, yeah, it looks like you do have a lot of stuff going on. Well, you know, just keep me in mind because, you know, I'm here to help promote. So whatever you got going on, feel um, comfortable with sending it out to me, to, you know, your promos, whatever you got, and I'll just lay it in my radio station and play it to the entire Philadelphia city um, because we're going to do a whole lot of promotion just to build up the station uh, coming uh, March the 16th. Uh, I'm so happy that I was doing whatever I do on Blog Talk here despite the issues that I go through and even a short hiatus. I still got accepted and or requested, I would say, to be a host on a show. And it's not just that I'm I'm their radio host where they have control. I'm my own radio host. I have all the control. So I control my advertising and I control all my um you know, my music plays and things like that. So I chose to play the music of independent artists because that's the one sector of, of the music industry in my city that hasn't been totally respected the way it should be. And because we have so many other radio stations that just cater to the top 40, uh, I just wanted to, you know, reach out to the little man and give him an opportunity to put his voice out there. So for everybody, whether they're, you know, just getting into a studio and recording themselves and they want to do the open mic to get ready, to the people who, like yourself, have already been in there, you know, producing and doing all that stuff that you already do, everybody's invited to be promoted on the show. And, of course, we do also promote you online because we're streaming the show live. And we also have audio on demand. So just like with Blog Talk, when they listen to your music, they can download it on uh, not the music itself, but like the show or what we're Uh playing. And, um, of course, when we do promote you, we'll have you listed on the website so that they can contact, you know, whatever resource they need to to buy your music as well as see what else you're doing. And we're going to uh, promote you with some contests and some other type of activities just to, to get that, that generation out here connected to all the indie artists that I've come across already, but, you know, most artists in like in Chicago and L.A. and um, Atlanta, you know, everywhere else but Philadelphia. So, you know, we got to bring them out here. That way I can really help promote everybody and then I can feel like I did what I had to do. So now, so when it comes to um, like producing or doing work for other artists, what do you look for? Um, I look for it to be unique. Um, that's like one of the first things I, I look for. I don't really look for it to necessarily have um, a bunch of money behind it, or I don't look for it to, you know. Um, you know, have a million people on MySpace or, you know, I don't look for that. I look for the, I start with the song and I start with the artist. Um, mm-hmm. if, if that's something that I feel I can build and help to be a part of, then at that point is when I begin to, you know, get my hands dirty, roll up my sleeves and, you know, kind of lock ourselves in the room until we come out with the best material possible. Um, it's not easy for a lot of artists. Like the reason a lot of, 
rappers, we'll say, um, struggle with their labels is because um, they're rappers and they're really just putting their boys on, once again. But Mm -hmm. they're not equipping their boys as far as um, with the proper label setup to, you know, really give them a chance to succeed as artists, which was one of the reasons that, you know, I built my team the way I did so that nobody is going to necessarily say, yo, Flaw, man, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. You just signed me and let me do whatever. No, you're going to be signed and you're going to have, you know, an A&R rep. You're going to have a marketing person. You know, you're going to get the same treatment that I get, you know. And at the same time, I can't say, you know, every record can't be treated the same way. And every artist isn't going to be treated the same way. You have A-list, B-list, C-list, nobody, you know. People treat you how they, you know, see you. So it's kind of like for me, I want to make sure that any artist that I work with has the proper resources. No, you might not deal with, you know, my head of creative, but you will deal with a competent, you know, very creative and able A&R rep. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's like people tend to get, you know, a little, man, why so-and-so not working on my project? They worked on yours, and it's like, okay, now you're trying to compete, and it's, sometimes it's not about that. It's about who works best for that type of music. You know, right. just using mastering engineers as an example, like uh, Bernie Grumman, Grudman, rather, who's out here in L.A., and then my man Tony Dawes, he's in New York. I personally like Tony. I have a relationship with Tony. But if I need a cleaner sound, I'm going to go to Bernie. You know, Tony has a New York sound. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to let my relationship with Tony, he's not going to be mad if I go see Bernie. He's just going to have to understand that for that particular song, it doesn't work for him. Okay. Well, that's some wise thinking. Now, let me I mean, ask but, you. know, people people get people are sensitive and they're emotional, <laughs> and they, they let it they affect are. business. <laughs> they let it they let it affect business. Well, they probably had their own perception of what what it is to be in business, and sometimes it's a little hard to to, to get on the same page with everybody else. That's true. So, Once again, it's all when, about when you you know when you pull somebody out of a situation and they don't you know they're not used to doing business a certain way. That's, that's really, right. I think that's what it is more so than anything else. That's right. So, what other um, business do you plan on getting involved in at this point? Um, let's see. What am I already involved in? <laughs> uh, let's start there. Um, like Tarvision is you know a 360 entertainment company. Um, uh, I have. Uh, publishing through there. We have um, consulting for any independent artists who need help, you know, getting records done and, you know, putting together your projects. You know, we have a staff who can, you know, help you with that as far as paperwork and all of that stuff. Um, we have chart vision management for, you know, the people that we feel are just, you know, super hot and you feel we can make stuff happen. Then, you know, mm-hmm. we sign them and we manage them. Obviously, chart vision, the label, uh, you know, that kind of encompasses, you know, film, TV, new business ventures, anything, you know, that we think is a way for us to use music to uh, broaden our reach. That's kind of what we touch. Um, okay. From that, we have, you know, the CBI Wealth and Asset Management Group that I spoke on earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a couple new things in the works that I really can't, um, you know, get into. To, I don't want to talk on it until the paperwork is dry. Um, right. But... It's a couple things in the works that are going to 
um, allow for artists to really, it's a new way for people to bring their music to the marketplace. I'll put it that mm-hmm. way. And it, it can be huge. It can be, you know, one of the biggest things since sliced bread, you know, biggest thing since the iPod type thing. Uh, so we'll see how that happens. Um, the, another thing, Chart Vision Institute, which is our nonprofit, um, which basically offers um, everything from be seen and be heard to um, producer beat battles and workshops, you know, teaching you how to do, you know, excuse me, <coughs> teaching me how to do your media kit or teach you how to do media interviews and, you know, production workshops. You know, it offers a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like being able to, we give this stuff. And we, we don't give it just with us, my staff. We go and we get reps from Atlantic or Interscope mm-hmm. or Universal. You know, we have these people tell you. Because sometimes people just need to hear it from a person with the title. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, I can say true. the same thing, and Jay-Z can say the same thing. And people will look at Jay-Z like, I can say it first. And he can say exactly what I said, word for word. But people are going to take it as, well, Jay-Z said it, not you. Or you got that from him. So sometimes you have to have it come from a person with a name. And that's really what, you know, Chart Vision Institute provides. Well, we're going to have to work um, together on that because I do come across a lot of artists that could use those type of services and and help and direction because uh, a lot of them don't have that and they don't know exactly what to do next or they sit around wondering why they're not selling any music. So, um, you know, what I'll do is um, I'll get in touch with your manager and uh, yeah. we'll we'll just, you know, exchange information. Um, I will hope that you had a chance to go to the website and put your profile up. Uh, I have web- but he, he should. He should. Okay. okay. Even, well, even if I haven't, there's no, that's that team thing we were talking about. I don't have to do everything. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I'll make sure so that whoever, it gets done. Whoever can help you get that taken care of, I would appreciate it. And you want to go to www.wmzn com and set up a profile. And that goes for any artist that is listening today um, who would like to be seen by the people that will be visiting my website, which includes listeners of all the radio shows that I'll be um, broadcasting, um, music industry representatives, um, other people who are looking to um, manage you or promote you, um, those folks will be checking you out too. So it's important to get on there and just have it available for people to check you out. And I want to thank like uh, Lack of Floss for coming in and giving us such great knowledge and telling us about what he's doing and showing that you can just do more than be a performer. You can be involved in your business, you know, because you are the business. And I'll go out with playing another song, which was one of my favorites, Breathe, um, because a lot of times I have to listen to the, this this tune. These last few weeks, I've been having some issues. <laughs> so Uh-oh. this was a big song to help out with some, some breathing. So anybody, if you really got some stress going on, you want to listen to this because this is gonna this hearing that breathe part is enough. But just to listen to him and you know all his input is just going to help you get through the day. Thanks so much for um, before you before on. you. Are, I wanted to say one last thing. Independent uh-huh. artists do not be afraid to invest in your careers. Like, you can't tell me you want to be an artist and you're not in the studio because you went and bought some shoes. You got, uh-huh. At some point, you're going to have to decide what's really important to you. That's true. Like, that's the biggest thing I can tell any independent artist. You have to be willing to go the extra mile for yourself. 
Otherwise, who will? That's so true. Well, thank you again for that advice, and I'll take that with a grain of salt. And we're going to go and put on brief. When we come back, we're going to have Khalil on, and we're going to enjoy some R&B smooth music to take us through the rest of the evening. After I make it and rap, then don't revive me, just live through my lines. So after I realize that this is what I'm here for, how you ain't willing to die for something that you claim you live for? If hip hop dead, nigga, bury me not. If you ain't got the heart to kill me, nigga, bury me live. If I fight for something that's gone, man, I'm ready to die. Illmatic with exhibit A, reasonable doubt. Reason for me to sit in this booth and figure it out. The game needed CPR, in gave mouth to mouth. Lupe came and gave the game the Heimlich with just enough force to clear its air passages out. I need to maybe. It's me, but tight jeans ain't hip-hop Like Jesus, hip-hop All the rappers I look up to, they slow rocks I ain't saying you gotta sell rocks to be hot But shit, them niggas was lit All four or five fifths of lick With fully loaded four fifths So my question to my peers What part of hip-hop is this? All right, that was Lex Flaws, and um, thanks again for dropping in and giving us all that uh, great information, and I hope that everybody was paying attention because it's important that you handle your business. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, like I did, and I've been listening to the on Mad Dogs. The what? Oh, so you've been listening to us? Oh, yeah, man. Your boy was dropping. He was dropping some real stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to put you in touch with him because, you know, as artists, you guys need to work together because when there's somebody that has some information there to help you, you know, that'll get you going with your career. Like uh, any part that you're trying to reach, you know, his organization seems like it's something that can help just about anybody. So, you know, I'll make sure you guys get to connect with each other. Uh, So so you're, so you're feeling a little down today, poor baby. Um, such a way to be right after Valentine's Day. I know. Uh, well, I hope it gets better for you. Well, I get these antibodies from my system. I should be all right. Uh, so you need a nice little cute nurse. Candles all around. I know it's been about to go. I'm gonna take my time. What a bring will surely leave something on your mind. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Khalil from Texas. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Are you feeling a little bit better right this minute? Ain't you finished your X-ray? Uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I finished my X-ray. It's crazy, man. Oh, you know, you turn back around, terrible. you think about timing. <laughs> but that's okay. We still love you, we man. And I just hope that you feel better because that's not, you know, anything to play with, and especially for a singer. So yeah, I try to take care of yourself. Oh, yeah, I do my best to catch everything early, and being that I'm a vet, you know, I'm always in pretty good position because of me being a vet, but I try to make sure as soon as I know something, I go get it taken care of so it, it's not prolonged. Aww. Well, tell us about your journey into the music industry and how you got involved. Well, I've been singing all my life. Um I probably say I really took it seriously after I got out of high school. So, you know, probably around my 20s. But, um, it was just something that I knew that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Um, I could probably go back to when I was five. And, you know, my mom points out a particular moment when I was, you know, I guess my cousin was, um, I was around the piano, and I told my cousin to play the piano while I sang. And I was a five years old. So, you know, it's been a part of me. You know, once I figured out it was my life and it was my passion, I did everything I had to do to um, to evolve, to grow, to learn more about the business artistically and business-wise. So, I mean, it's what I eat, sleep, and drink. Breathe. Wow. You know, the very essence of it. So now, how how is it when you're performing in, in your hometown? Are you- we create. Of course we do. But we make music for other people. 
And it's about, you know, if you can go out there and touch somebody with your music, you know, that one person you can connect it with. You know, my whole thing is, if you can't, I can give you an element in a live show that you'll never be able to get in the studio. You know, a studio is just you by yourself, and you have to, you know, you feel that you're trying to create that feeling in your head. When you're performing, it's the audience. You're performing off of that energy, and it's an unimaginable type of energy. And, and it's always different. Every time you grab a mic, it's always different. And it's always better. It's a high that a drug or no amount of alcohol could never compete with. Wow. Now, I, I mean, you're a very handsome man, and you have a very sexy voice, very strong. And your music, of course, is it seems like it's a lot to do with pleasing a woman. So I'm sure that you got a lot of female fans. And tell me something about the reactions that you get from your female fans. Well, I try to keep everything classy. So, you know, you get love and you get people who are appreciative. When you look at things of how I write stuff, you know, being that I, I have a son and a daughter, I'm trying to make sure that I keep something classy. I don't turn back around and do a lot of literal stuff. I do metaphorical stuff. So, I mean, you, the, you know, the actions vary, but it's all been classy. You know, it's hugs, it's, you know, almost a fallout thing, and but it's mostly been classy. I haven't had anything crazy just yet. But then again, everything's always subject to change. Okay. Well, did they start treating you like Teddy Pendergrass and start throwing it under No, I ain't got that yet. <laughs> I ain't got that just yet. A lot of people ask me about that. I haven't got that yet. <laughs> I've been it might happen. A lot of <laughs> you know, I have people this, say Oh people have been telling you that this going that is going to people say make me one. Yeah, I've had women tell me you make me one on tango stage and whatnot. I'm like nah, you, could always, you could always plant somebody in the audience and start throwing some underwear. Oh yeah. But I'd rather I'd rather <laughs> if it's gonna happen, I'd rather be real. I don't want to be funny. <laughs> so now <laughs> Let's start talking about this new album that you have coming out, the movement. So now, is it completed or um, partially done? What's the situation? It's actually called the struggle. That's what the new album is going to be called. I got. Oh, that's cool. I have, um, I got two, yeah, I got. I put the movement for the struggle. Uh, it's the struggle, but I got. Um, I have. Let me correct myself. I have two more um, songs that I'm in the process of completing. But it's hard because when you create something that you love and then you get some other stuff that you love, you got to make decisions. Am I going to add this? Am I just going to stay as is? So I'm in actuality looking at four joints right now that I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to keep or if I'm going to take something else off or things of that nature. Because, you, you know, when you're putting out something, you don't never have a second chance to make a first impression. So you right. want to turn back around and put your, you know, your best foot forward. And, you know, I was like I was speaking with you the other day. I was like, this, there's nobody, you know, following or contributing to what Luther, to what Teddy, to what Gerald Levert did. Now, no one's ever, 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 ever going to take their place. But they need someone they can pass the torch to that's going to continue that tradition. And that's what I'm trying to do with my music is continue that tradition and, you know, and bring something to it, you know, bring my own flair, 
my own aura to it. Well, I look forward to you doing even more with that because those are like the the artists of all time, and I, I agree. There's nobody doing that out there that we know of. It might be somebody in a little small corner of a world that just does it for his family or whatever, but, you know, we need to mm-hmm. get that out because the, the industry changes so much that I don't see as much R&B as I see everything else, and I like to see more. I like to see more soulful and emotional R&B and not just, you know, somebody slamming somebody about something or somebody with a, a rap uh, hook on it yeah. somewhere. You know, I want to see a straight up back in the day kind of soulful song like Gerald used to put down, you know, or Luther. Um, what do you think about the way they handle the people in the American Idol? Like when there's a lot of people trying to do R&B of all cultures now, because they have a couple of uh, mm-hmm. Asian boys in there that sound better than anybody else when they throw down their R&B voice. Well, I mean, uh, first of all, I mean, I, excuse me. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, honey. Um, I want to um, comment on what you first said. When you talking about, you know, R&B music not being around, you got to remember that the consumer has power. That's right. The consumer can choose what they buy. The consumer can choose what they hear. And to the consumer, to their opinion about what they want on the radio, about what they want in stores, the record company is going to keep doing what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they're figuring that force-feeding something down your throat that you're going to just swallow. you got to step, you know, as, as consumers. That's why I do my best to empower my family. Like you have to demand this, you have to go to the radio. Look, I don't heard this. I don't hear this on that. You know, as much as I know, I want to put out that music for you. You got to, you know, the consumer has plenty, plenty power. Without you, there is no music industry. Absolutely nothing. Because nobody's buying music. If nobody's going to concerts, if nobody's getting downloads, you know, wearing T-shirts, anything of that nature, music is stagnant. It's going nowhere. Mm -hmm. Um. To answer your second question about American Idol, soul is colorless. So it has nothing to do with, you know, whether it's a black thing, a white thing, an Asian thing. You're seeing these cats who study us, who really pay homage because they love what our descendants have created. You know, from Muddy Waters to Otis Redding to, um, you know, Sam Cooke, Nat Cole. Um, you know, you look at people who've been putting it down, Brooklyn. And they've taken all that and went and studied it, more so than some of our own people. You know, some of our own people don't realize the lineage of music that we have. You know, they think about here and now. They don't even think about the past. Because if it wasn't for the past, you wouldn't have some of the stuff we have today. And I hate to say it, I mean, my man pointed out last, um, last time when he was talking, there's some people right now that can't even hold water to the artists that I admire. And it's just sad. You know, I'm like, you should have a, I don't even know how to put it, a standard. If you can't meet this standard, because I know I see, I've seen consumers get mad when you didn't pay $35, $50, or $65, $75 for a concert and the person can't sing. You're going to oh, be yeah. hot to death. Oh, no, I get upset. That's why I, don't only, I rarely go because I want, if you're going to put some music in the studio, out there for me to buy an album. You better sound exactly like you sound on that album or in that studio. And I haven't come across too many people that can balance the, the two. They just don't sound the same. You know, well, you, know, you, know your, you know your music. You know back in the day, they didn't just sound like they did in the studio. They raised the bar when they hit the stage. 
They had one bar in the studio, and when they got to the stage, they took that another level. I mean, from Jeffrey Osborne to Mays to the Paddler Bells, they raised the bar, the Jell Verse. You, you can never get what they gave you live on a CD unless you bought a live CD. You know, it was just a different element. They raised and stepped the game up, and a lot of these cats aren't. They're not, you know, they're just not in that category. And, frankly, they'll never be in that category. And, you know, it's not to take away from what they have. They're talented, and they're working what they have, and may God bless them. I'm, I'm not mad at them. I'm definitely not mad at a brother getting his pay for legal. But I'm like, if you talk about continuing the tradition, I think some of our people are killing R&B. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they, they're equating hip-hop pop with R&B. And it's not R&B. R&B is rhythm and blues. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you putting pop culture on R&B and trying to label it as R&B. No, it's not. Mm -mm. You know, know, Trey Songz and Luther is two different things. Trey Songz to me is pop. Pop or hip-hop. Yeah, he's pop to me too. No, you're not R&B. I'm like, it's R&B. You can't put Trey Songz in the same category with Anthony Hamilton, Eric Benet, Brian McKnight. You know, Johnny, you can't put him in that same category. He don't sing like that. Nowhere near that. So, you know, I'm like, yeah, no, no, no. You know, I was like, you got to, you know, like I said, I, I want to put the power back in the consumer. And that's well, one, thing, one thing I would like to see is more more <laughs> is the listeners, the younger listeners, to be more educated in the, you know, in the music of the past and performance of the past so they know exactly what it is that they're missing because a lot of kids never even heard of some of the artists that we were talking about because their parents haven't brought it up or let them listen no. like my my kids hear all the people that i like and they like them better than it, a lot of the folks that are on the radio today so well, it's you're correct. about you know, yeah. teaching your family too teaching your kids what oh what yeah you know you're you're 100 percent correct if you expose them to real music, mm-hmm. then they can see the, the difference. Then they're like, oh, dang, that's garbage. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but it is what it is. You know, you know, you look at stuff after you, you could hate a song. This is what I noticed. You could hate a song, but if they play it enough, you're going to be singing the lyrics to it. Right. That's so true. That's true with me and all you of know, the <laughs> I'm like, yo, I'm like, you play it long enough, people going to, you know, you're going to do it. And I'm like, yo, I'm not about that. If you're going to sing something, let it be something that's great. You know, there's some cats out here that did their thing. That I think they're trying to contribute. You know, Noel Gordon, um, Kajan, you know, those cats. I'm like, yo, that's what's up. I remember the first time I heard The River, and I was like, now that's a clip. I mean, think about it. I mean, when you look at our, our music, when you can have somebody who's 56 years old in the top ten, Killing youngsters. That's Charlie Wilson. That's fifty-six years old, and you know he turned back around and did his thing. And I look up to Charlie. That's what. What do you think about? It's like thirty years. Thirty years of music from the seventies till now. That's actually more than that. Ain't it forty? Hmm. 
Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. If you desire to speak to the host, please you are now in the 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 now in the
Thanks for being in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for calling back in. I'm sorry about that technical issue. I don't know what happened, but Blog Talk does have its problems from time to time. But um, pretty soon, that'll be one thing I won't have to deal with (laughs) when I go to commercial radio. (laughs) It is all good. (laughs) Yeah, so um, we're talking about, you know, a lot of things that are going on in the industry. And, um what kind of challenges have you faced in trying to address that issue, you know, if like, you know, when you're playing your music and you're trying to get outside of your your area, your known area, are you facing any challenges in, in trying to get established with like a label or some promotion opportunity outside of your area? I can't say that I really have problems with it. I would say it's more of a financial commitment to promotion and trying to get that money to do that. I actually have two labels um, I'm in negotiation with right now. So I'm just trying to work through things. That's what it is right now. One label that just signed with, um, just signed a distribution deal, a promotion deal with Universal. So. Give it about 10 minutes. Okay. Wow, that's, that's cool. And, and then another I... one. I apologize. It was a, it's another one overseas as well um, in the U.K., that's looking at trying to, you know, to talk about possibly giving me a deal because of a song they heard on my album. So, you know, I'm just trying to be patient with it. But, you know, you know, the deals are so different now than they were back in the day. They're trying to get more and more from you. You know, mm-hmm. it's just think all the 360 deals. They're trying to get everything you do musically. Yeah, they are. They definitely are. Across are, the board. What kind of... Are they trying to, like, uh, attach themselves to your publishing, too? Uh, I'm not going to make that mistake. <laughs> That's you know, good. being independent, Wait. if you turn back around and you may buy your put them, it won't be out. That's a different type. Get to that certain level. If it wasn't for us, we would have made this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your phone's kind of going in and out on us. Oh, hold on. Let me see. How about now? Yeah, that sounds much better. Okay, so I was like, you know, I'm not in that position. Now, would I mind if I had the television exposure and you were doing some things and, you know, I had to go that route for a minute? Sometimes you got to make a sacrifice for the long run. A short-term sacrifice for the for the benefit of the long term is all good sometimes. You know, so, you know, there's, 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 there's pros and cons. Right. You know, because, if you know, you look at it, if somebody got a 360 deal, they're going to make sure you're working so they get their money. That's right. You know, so it is pros and cons. Yeah, they're not going to say, yeah, whatever. And you're right. And you're right. You do what you do. <laughs> You're correct. You're 100% correct. I suppose that's why they got to have the most control is because they want to make sure that they're going to get their money back. Yeah, they want to make sure they're going to get They have experience. People get that money and they don't use it for what it's supposed to be used for, and then they can't do what they're supposed to do that they're committed to, and then, you know, they get dropped. 
You know, this is the way it goes. They don't give you that money to go buy a house and a car and all this other nonsense. Because the people don't realize the expenses that it costs to produce your own music and, and pay your people and all those other things that are involved. And before you know, that money is gone. And they yeah. catch a lot of yeah. young folks because of that. Because young folks, you know, they don't have anything. They look at that as big money and they remember all those other artists that they follow behind, balling and stuff. You know, they 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 don't really think that the, any money went into doing anything else. They thought it came from somewhere else. So that's why they end they up where they are. A lot of the people they look up to were leasing the bling bling and didn't right. own it. Like Cisco. Oh. He was leasing his big yeah. old mansion that he had in the video, and he lost that bad boy. So, I mean, what are you, I mean, if you're going to turn back around as an artist and God has allowed you to have some financial success, the one thing you should own is your home. That's right. Why are you leasing your Same home? Cash. Your home as Straight up property. cash. It be yeah. modest. Don't show yeah. up with a crib house. You know, everybody's not going to have a crib house. <laughs> you don't have, yeah, and you don't need 28 rooms. And, you know, I can understand an artist want to have a studio in the house. You know, I understand those things. Like, um,. Jewel Santana, why are you showing jewelry that's worth my house in your dress in your dressing room? You know, like you got three pieces, you can buy like all the houses on my street you know, with that jewelry. But you don't realize that jewelry depreciates in value, so it's not really worth that much. Just like you just said, not only does it depreciate, you put yourself in a position he's already been jacked. For yeah. his jewelry, or at gunpoint, uh-huh. and I'm like, you make yourself a target, and I'm like, 150 thousand. Why would you have a house wrapped around your neck? That's right. That's you know, that's and that's the problem with some of our people. I'm like, yo, if you gonna do something, it's just like you just said, if you gonna do something, you own a home. A home not only is yours, it holds value. Right. You know, I don't understand that because there's no way that a guy opened the door for me. And I made two hundred and fifty thousand or five hundred thousand dollars. That the first thing I wouldn't buy is a house. That's, That's a crazy. very first thing. That and a car, and I wouldn't need to get a eight hundred thousand dollar car. No, because no. my little twenty five thousand dollar car is still going to drive right. You know, besides, yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't even be driving. If you're this big star, you should have like you know somebody else driving you around because you'd be like Britney Spears running under people. Somebody's going to look for you to hit them. Because yeah. I think you got all the money. I would yeah. never drive if I became, like, rich and famous like that. You'd never see me driving. You're right. You know, you turn back around, you make yourself, you know, you got people, people got to stop making themselves targets. That's right. You know, football players are different. Oh, my God. I mean, you know. Shot, bad, robbed, everything happening to them right now. Man, look, just like oh boy, my man said, of putting the right team together, you need to have somebody who's going to operate in your best interest even when you are not. Right. That's a real friend. Hey, man, you should not be doing that. You don't need that person coming up in your room. You, you need somebody checking your room before you go in the room to make sure nobody snuck into your room. That's right. You know, you got to have that type of team around you. And, I mean, to me, you know, I don't care whether you're Jewish, Muslim, or Christian. You need to keep some people on your staff that got some moral integrity from the Creator. 
That's what you need to do. Yeah. You know, you need something like that that maintains some balance. Without, you know, that balance of the creator, because the creator gave you what you had. God gave you what you had. So, you know, if you don't turn back around and pay attention to that, well, you're going to have some issues. You know, already set yourself up for failure already. That's what, you know, that's what it is. But, you know, there's so many things out here. You know, you look at it and music and, you know, the digital game has changed and, and the imaging and how we do stuff and, you know, what they consider this, what they consider old, what they consider young. When you look at one genre of music who doesn't even care, they have a standard that we used to have back in the 60s and 70s. Do you make great music? Okay. That's that country standard. You don't have to be old. You know, you don't have to be young. It don't matter if you're old. Did you make your music? Okay. The one version of music that refuses to get watered down is theirs. They've watered ours down. We used to talk about something. Mercy, mercy me. What's going on? A change is going to come. Happy birthday by Stevie Wonder. Loves in need of love. Or loves in need of love today from songs in the key of life, which is still relevant to this day. So, I mean, our music used to talk about something, and that's another thing I try to touch on on my um, on my album, and it, is that love is more than sex. You know, love is a diamond, and a diamond has multiple facets, and sex is a facet of love. You want to turn back around, but it's not love. It's not all of it. It's not all that it encompasses. So you have to turn back around and be open to that and talk about everything, the ups, the downs, and everything, you know, not just, I'm going to sell some sex. Just doing it. Because <laughs> everybody you know, how you got there. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, you know, you got to remember, you have a responsibility for what you put out. You have a responsibility for how you influence people. As an artist, you influence people. You have a responsibility, or you may say, well, no, nobody's influenced by what I say. That's, a, that's nonsense. You're lying to yourself if you believe that. Because I was like, you have a responsibility. You know, my mom's made it very aware to me. She was like, uh, you have a responsibility. My mom's peeked out myself before other people get a chance to hear it. What do you think about this? Because I, I value what she has to say. And I'm like, I can talk and be seductive and be classy and still respect women. I don't need to make music that's deemed unrespectful or just talking about what I can do, you know, for lack of a better word, to get in your pants. No. Mm -hmm. There's more to it than that. There's a whole lot more to it than that. So that's why well, I'm going to make have, my music. Um, we have one minute left in our show, and um, I just want to take the time to thank you for coming in and joining us and giving us some great music. And uh, we will definitely have you back on again because we want to get some more of your songs played and we want to talk some more about some things that you're doing in your album. And we would like to do a, a, a CD listening party with you when everything is complete. So make sure you come back so we can really heavily promote it for you and get everybody listening to us so they can have the links to get it downloaded and, and you know, whatever you got to do. So you let us know will, when you're ready. I will um, most definitely, and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. It means a lot to me. Oh, no problem. And I'll probably be talking to you again later on this week. You know, I'm going to L.A., and I'll bring back uh -huh. the feedback for you to um, to know what your next step could be. 
um, should, you know, we be able to get you connected with some folks as well. Uh, I think that I'm going to make some really great connections when I get there from all the wonderful people that I'll be meeting with. And I want to remind my audience again to um, make sure you download this show because once it closes off, you can always put it on your iTunes and listen to all my guests again. And um, be sure to catch Khalil again. When he returns to our show, we'll go ahead and notify you and everybody else about it. So, Khalil, thank you so much for coming by. And take care of that bronchitis. We want you to sing the next time you come on the show. <laughs> no problem. I'll make sure I handle that for you. All right. I'll catch up with you over the next couple of days, all right? Okay. All right. Have a good night. And thank you, everybody, okay. for joining MD and Promotions. Good night. Okay. You too. Good night. Thank you.